Face to face, hand to hand, film to film. Welcome to the Film to Film podcast. I am James Shergan, and I am joined here by Inyaki. How are you doing, Inyaki? I'm doing pretty well, James. How about you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, how's the quarantine treating you? Have you been watching a lot of different films, or? You know, I've been yeah, actually not that many films. Uh, well, I watch. I'm not your Negro. I think that's uh. I can say that, right? So yeah, I watched that, and uh, I've been watching The Americans. Do you recommend those? <laughs> How about you? Both of those? I do recommend both of those. Nice, nice. Very different, very different movies or different things. Okay, they don't. You don't recommend them as like a sort of a combination platter where you where you do both. Well, I mean, maybe. Uh, one to distract you, distract you of, you know, the other one. So, you know, like, one is a documentary that makes you pretty sad about reality. The other one is to show that, eh, it's fun. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I have seen neither, so I can't speak to it. Um, but are you ready to talk about um, today's movie? Yeah. All right, uh, let's do it. Yeah, Street Law. Yeah. Cool. This was your choice, right? It's an Italian crime film from the 1970s, so unless you really, um, unless you're trying to pick something that it seems like I would pick, uh, then uh, then it's definitely my pick. So yeah, Street Law, um, the short one-sentence synopsis here is, a man seeks revenge after being held hostage and terrorized by a gang of thieves. Uh, pretty, oh. pretty accurate. Um, yeah? Yeah. Uh, before we get too far into uh, watching the film, um, what was uh, how how did you watch this film? What was your perception of it? Well, I watched it in one of those uh, random streaming services that, that are are out there. You know, again, if you're one of those streaming services, let us know and we'll say your name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it's available um, for free on a couple of them, but you do have to sit through some ads. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I watched it there. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, it it made <laughs> it made me think a little bit of uh, I don't know. You watch? Have you ever watched The Simpsons? Yes, yes, of course. Yeah. All right. So you know you, you know Ned Flanders, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is like the movie of Ned Flanders gets real. <laughs> well. Ned Flanders, uh, if we're to call Carlo Antonelli, which is the lead character's name in this film, Ned Flanders, he's kind of a dark Ned Flanders because he wakes up immediately after them. He's like, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them. So uh, I don't know what Ned yeah, Flanders he, is like when he gets really, really pissed off. But uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, this is again, this is when he breaks. <laughs> okay. Um because he kept on talking about how he's an outstanding citizen. So I was just like, right. huh, maybe he was. Maybe he was diddly happy. <laughs> yeah, there's a certain self-righteousness to the character that I think is a pretty dominant um, character trait for him that I think leads him to sort of his um, unique character path. Um, so uh, this film um, was uh, released in 1974. Um, it kind of invites inevitable comparisons to Death Wish. Interestingly, this film was released under two months after Death Wish. So um, mm. it was probably made without really the knowledge of Death Wish, um, but certainly inspired by a similar sort of, um, just a lot of crime happening in Italy and in America at the same time. 
Um, and uh, it's part of sort of the uh, wave of vigilante films that uh, took place in Italy and sort of a subgenre of the Poliziotteschi that we've been uh, that I brought on to the last couple of um, episodes. Uh, the film was a pretty good success. It made 1.723 billion lira, which I have no idea how much that is, but I do know it's over twice as much as Italian Connection and Caliber 9. So I think that's pretty good. Um, and, uh, this is my, uh, second time viewing it, and, uh, I'd say I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, both times. Yeah, I definitely agree. So, James, uh, why did you pick this movie, beyond it being an Italian action film? Um, well, you, well, why don't, I mean, uh, I guess I would say that this film, um, is pretty unique, um, just being sort of a vigilante film. I don't know how you feel like this film... Um, compares with the other two that we've seen, but I feel like it has a pretty darn different feel to it uh, compared to either Caliber 9 or Italian Connection, um, both in who yeah. the lead is and just sort of the basic stylings of the film. Yeah. Is it, uh, it's, it's, is it directed by the same person? It is not. So this is directed by Enzo G. Castellari, um, who mm-hmm. was uh, only 36 when this movie came out. It's actually his 11th film. Um, he's probably most famous for being the director of the original Inglorious Bastards, um, where, and so he makes a cameo in that Tarantino film as well. Um, but uh, he's sort of known as a more uh, action director. I think Fernando DeLeo, who directed the previous two films we talked about, uh, talks a lot about sort of like American noir influence. Um, Castellari uh, loves American film. You can hear him talking a lot about American film and how much he likes it. And he sort of started his career uh, directing a lot of spaghetti westerns before he directed um, a handful of these uh, sort of Italian crime films. Um, so I think I think you can sort of see those influences running through here. There's a lot more moving camera, slow motion, um, freeze frame, and that kind of thing rather than, um, I don't know, I would say that the stylings uh, in comparison are a little bit more minimal in Caliber 9 or Italian Connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I would I definitely say so. I mean, my my first take on the movie was uh, the action is really well done. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, a lot of slow-mo. I, do, I don't even remember any slow-mo in the first two films, but there's a lot in this film. Yeah, and and, and in some at some moments it's kind of silly, and we'll get to those later. I uh, I do agree, and uh, I think he does it relatively well in this film. But he definitely has some films. I've seen probably seven or eight of his films where it's just slow mo shot after slow mo shot, and it can get a little bit tedious. It's kind of like watching a a John Woo film where you're like, okay, I get it, I get it. <laughs> you really like slow mo, and it looks really great, but uh, it can get a little bit overdone. Um, uh, but for me, I think one of the images, and I think we'll probably talk about this scene a little bit later, I think the image that really sticks with me is um, Franco Nero, uh, who plays Carlo Antonelli, the lead, just running away from that car where he's just like uh-huh. all dusty and sweaty. Um, and it yeah. just, and then that sort of very 70s soundtrack going on. So that, that for me is going to be like what I remember this film by. I completely agree, and we definitely will have a long conversation about that car chase. Yeah. The, the car chasing him. Yeah, I, I mean, I want to have a conversation getting down into the depths of uh, how bad he must have smelled uh, to be out in his sweat. 
I mean, it must have been terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, um, so, this is the second Polizio Teschi Enjo G. Castellari did. Um, and it's a second film uh, collaborating with Franco Nero. So, they collaborated um, on seven films. Franco Nero is probably most well-known for being the original Django. Um, and he also makes uh, a bunch of cameos in different films. He's in John Wick 2. He's in Die Hard 2. Um, he's in a bunch of different films. So he's sort of an internationally famous star that's been constantly working since the 60s. Um, and that's uh, – and so I think uh, I think this is a pretty – I think this might be my favorite collaboration that they've done um, together. Did you have any thoughts on, uh, Franco Nero or, or some of the direction of the film before we get into sort of more of the specific, to- uh, plot points? I mean, there was, at the beginning, there was a lot of, uh, handheld camera. Uh, at some moments I like that, at some moments I do not like that, but, uh, uh, it definitely gave a, gave the 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 movie uh, sort of its own attitude on on almost like the the camera itself was a character in it in certain situations um overall um although different than you know the other two movies on the direction style definitely can you definitely can feel it uh the the themes and how the characters act it seems like that's something that that many of these Italian movies sort of have in common. Uh, what do you mean by that? Like, every character is a prick. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Like, any, any dialogue, <laughs> and, and I mean, in all the Italian movies we've seen, like, whenever there's dialogue, there's always, you know, some, like, quick witty banter that is just, I mean, everyone's kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, this film is the only one we've watched so far without all the characters being basically criminals. Um, although I guess he is technically a criminal by the end of it, but he's meant to be sort of a normal person. But Carlo, I would not want to be his coworker. Um, not to mention he skips out on work <laughs> for this entire <laughs> film. He's just like, I, I got to take a month off. I'm going to go do some vigilante shit. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, this movie is is about like the the most privileged guy in the fucking world. If you think about, it. not most privileged <laughs> guy, but I mean, this movie is about some privileged asshole who, you know, he just gets pissed because he couldn't deposit his money at a bank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, yeah. I mean, like he he never was trying to save anyone. He like the whole catalyst of the movie that every. The, Everything starts. The only reason why he gets kidnapped is because his money was at the cashier at a bank. And as they're in the middle of a bank robbery, he, he decides that, no, I kind of want my money back in my pocket. <laughs> That's really it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then he... Not to save anyone. Yeah, and then he gets kidnapped and he just feels super self-righteous about it the whole time. Um, which is, have you seen Death Wish, the American film? Uh, no, I have not. I've heard of it. Okay. I know that there's a remake, but, uh... Yeah, yeah, by Eli Roth. Um, but yeah. the motivations in that film are totally different. Uh, that one, his wife gets murdered and his, uh, daughter gets raped. So, this one Which, is... more justifiable. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, uh, like it's certainly more extreme. His... I mean, this guy gets concussed and, uh, I mean, like... Probably from his own doing, too, in the sense that I don't want to victim blame him too much, but he tried to take his money back, which was dumb. Uh, 
and uh, and he uh, pays a lot of consequences for it. I mean, I mean, James. Here, here's my question to you. Because I was thinking this from the very beginning. Like, to to if you haven't seen the movie, I'll put, I'll I'll, play, I'll paint the picture. He comes in, deposits some money. I don't know how much, but it seems like quite a bit. Right in the middle of the deposit, the teller hasn't had the chance to grab the money or probably complete the transaction. And that's when a bunch of armed robbers come in. They're extremely violent, beating the shit out of everyone. The entire scene, he's just looking at his money and he's like, oh shit, they're going to take it. <laughs> like, he doesn't say it, but like his face says it. And while everyone else is trying to stay quiet and survive, he's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to take my money back. Well, not everyone stayed quiet. <laughs> I mean, so a woman tries to run away and, you know... A woman her, screams, they, yeah. There's, yeah, but, but what I'm saying is everyone is sort of... Yeah, like he could have just shut up and sat in the corner mm-hmm. and it would have been a 10-minute short film. Exactly. Um, yeah, and he wouldn't, wouldn't have been kidnapped. No, nothing would have happened. I mean, even when they kidnapped him, like one of the guys is yelling at him. It's like, oh, you're trying to be a hero? And the guy's like, no, no, I wasn't. And it's true. He was not. He was just trying to be a greedy asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're 100% right on. And uh, I think uh, one of the criticisms of this film could be that it sort of glorifies uh, vigilantism in some way. And I don't really agree with that criticism in the sense that I think this is a character that's like not a good guy. And uh, and uh, I don't... I don't know. I mean, some people could see this as a, a glory-filled journey. I don't see it that way personally. This character goes through a lot in the film. But anyways, we'll, we'll save that conversation for later and talk about yeah. some of the uh, moral center of this film. Although, James, if you were the person in... At the robbery, would you have taken your money back? Fuck no. I would have been like in the <laughs> corner. I mean, like honestly, even if I was the, I got kidnapped and stuff, like, I mean, one of the interesting things or the fun things about these like normal people in movies is you can sort of see yourself in there. Um, is like if I had gotten kidnapped and stuff and I would have woken up and been concussed, I would have been pissed, but my first words would have not been, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them. I would have just been a little sadder and gone on with my life. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I probably wouldn't have tried to grab my money back. I would have been like, "This sucks." <laughs> you know, like, I would be like, "This sucks." Yeah. And if, if, but I mean, if I got kidnapped, I mean, again, yeah, I, I'm with you. I probably wouldn't have gone like, "I'm gonna kill them," but uh, uh, maybe I would try to help the cops a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I mean, in his defense, that's actually what he does. Well, he says he's gonna kill them. He doesn't try to actually kill them. He tries to help catch them at first, um, and eventually it escalates into sort of the finale. Um, in, in, within within uh, the, the points that we're going to talk about this movie, will we talk about the cops' efficiency? Absolutely, 100%. All right, excellent. Yeah. The cops... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about the cops. We'll talk about how that's aged and if it's good or bad, and I'm not totally sure how I feel myself about them. Um, but before we get there, the title, Street Law, um, the Italian title was El Il Cittadino uh, Si Rebellia. Sorry, I am butchering that, um, which means the, the Citizen Rebel. Uh, which title do you like mm. better? Because uh... I kind of like Street Law. It's simple. It's to the point. It sounds a little uh, kitschy, but, you know, I, I, think, it, I think it's fine. Yeah, it, street law. It's it's more poetic. The 
il, il cittadino si ribella. Yeah, that does, yeah. Or the citizens rebels. Yeah. No, street law is more poetic. I think uh, in this translation, they've done a good job. Right. I mean, street law, death wish, too. It's like sort of these short but sweet uh, vigilante titles. Yeah. All right. I support it. Um, well, first talking point. Uh, I think for me, one of the highlights and maybe the highlight of the film is the opening uh, 15 minutes, which I think is just really, really well done. This movie just starts with a bang, and it slows down a little bit in the middle, um, but uh, I think uh, it's a great way to do it. So they sort of start by showing a bunch of different crimes being committed um, on uh-huh. various people and sh- sort of just setting the setting uh, of uh, of just the climate of the city and, and sort of this crime wave that's going on. Um, there, we see some kidnappings, we see some muggings, we see some actual murder on the streets. Um, we see a home invasion at the beginning. Uh, supposedly this part didn't even, uh, the producer didn't want this to be filmed. So what the director did was he just took people, uh, the cast before they were supposed to schedule to shoot and just shot it without permits. Uh, which, which, which part the home invasion, uh, I, I'm not sure about the home invasion uh, because that's actually his home, but uh, but the other parts of like the kidnapping, uh, the guy that gets dragged along on the motorcycle, uh, oh. the, those things. Um, and then uh, about five or six minutes in, we go to the bank, and the bank robbery is brutal. Like there, are, yeah. it's loud. There are women screaming. They get smacked in the face, uh, and. They actually don't kill anyone, I don't think, in the course of no, the actual so. bank robbery. But, like, it is a... It leaves quite an impression. It's just, like, loud and in your face. I think it's really well done. And that's the point where we see uh, Carlo Antonelli's um, maybe not-so-great behavior uh, start start to form. Um, and then it sort of just culminates in just this unhinged car chase scene where the sirens sound like they're, like screaming and they're just going through the streets of Genoa also a different talking point which is this cool sort of coastal city and they're just like weaving in and out of um of cars and eventually the criminals do lose them and it finishes up by transitioning into this sort of montage where he's looking at portraits and trying to identify the criminals um for now one thing I appreciate about that chasing is uh so the car. I was noticing the the cars. Both of, both of them were driving Alfa Romeos, which are are pretty powerful cars. So like you know, I mean like, just seeing them, you know, driving this fairly like the cops have those cars, which is I didn't know that until watching these movies. And then you know the bad guys, they're driving fast. They're driving like aggressively. In certain areas, of course, you can see that maybe the frame was sped up to make it look a little bit more aggressive. But generally speaking, like, the stunts were impressive. 100%. Yeah. And it's like the sort of, like, analog-style stunts where it's, like, so before computer graphics or anything like that. And it just has a great feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, uh, this... Like during the um, that chase scene too, the car chase scene, it's destructive too. It's like, yeah, there's cars being tossed over. We see a motorcyclist just go flying. Um, I don't know <laughs> if they died or not. That may have been like kill number one in the film. Uh, 
Or no, no. One of the bad guys. Do you notice how one of the bad guys in that scene, like he kind of laughs? Uh oh, at the motorcyclist. Yeah, like the motorcyclist flies, and one of the bad guys kind of look, actually looks at it, and he's just like, "Ha!" Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the bad guys. They're not really characters in this film, and we were talking about this earlier. I don't even think they have names, but uh, they're uh, they're so they're on screen for a short amount of time. But they are they're not good dudes. They're not sympathetic in any way. No, they're, they're like straight up evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you have any other thoughts on the chase scene or or the opening fifteen minutes? I mean, it looks like a beautiful town to visit. It does. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's in Genoa, which is like northwest Italy, right on the coast. Um, cool setting. I mean, like I think the previous two films we've seen are both in Milan. Um, and so it's nice to switch it up. But um, yeah, I mean, I was in Europe in the past year and just seeing these sorts of cool European settings makes me a little nostalgic for the times when we mm. could actually travel to Europe and stuff. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, what'd you make of, uh, of the dubbing? Was it distracting at first? For me, I have listened to, or I've watched a lot of these films, maybe half subtitled, half dubbed. So I'm pretty used to it at this point, but I'm curious about yourself. Well, since all of them are dubbed, yeah. technically, uh, at this point, you know, I didn't feel it. Although with Carlo, what was the name of the actor? Uh, Franco Nero. He's he's Italian, right? Yeah, I think he dubbed himself. Yeah, I thought so yeah. because uh, at at first, you know, like no one else has an accent except for him, and he has a strong like Italian accent, and and I was like, maybe he's self righteous because he's a foreigner, right? Because since no one else has an accent, that like, you would assume he's a foreigner, even though right, right, he's the actual Italian sounding person. Uh, but no, he's not a foreigner. So I mean, that distracted me a little bit because at first I did I I did think that he was you know maybe a guy from somewhere else, and that's why he was like, "Fuck the police! I'm gonna kill these people myself." That makes sense. I've I've heard him dub his own voice in a few movies, so I think I've kind of gotten used to it as too. But uh, yeah, what what do you make of uh, Franco Nero, the lead in general? How do you uh, like uh, his performance? He's a pretty good actor. Uh... He did. A, he did a good job. Like when he's sad, you can tell he's sad. When he's vulnerable, you can t- tell he's vulnerable. Vulnerable, and you know, most of the time, you can always think he's a prick. Yeah, he's angry a lot. Um, he's sweaty a lot. Uh, like I think he did a lot of his own stunts too. Like where he's getting beat up by that car. I don't know if he did that actual fall, but there's a lot of like uh, uh, pretty impressive, uh, well done. Just sort of like man on the run. Uh, getting beat up. I mean, one thing about about this movie that actually really caught my attention, I, I must say, and I know we'll talk about it more later, the car stunts are really impressive. Oh, I yeah. mean, yeah. Uh, this is at a level of uh, John Wick without any, probably any of the protections that exist today. <laughs> yeah, John Wick, uh, but uh, making progress via worse labor laws. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It, uh, uh, mind you, that someone actually died in one of the John Wick movies. So, I mean... Yeah. And they undoubtedly got some compensation. Probably more compensation than you would have got if you got hurt during this film. 
Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. The car stunts in this are all highlights. The initial car chase scene and uh, the part where he's being run down. What car was that uh, that he's being run down by? Was that... Uh, that was an American car. Okay. That was uh, that was a Mustang, I think. Okay. I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that's what I I'm thought pretty too. Pretty sure it was a Mustang. I know cars so poorly that I I trust you to correct me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a huge uh, car connoisseur. I just know a couple of brands, and that's why. And you have been known to drive cars, whereas I have not been known to drive cars. Hey, I've seen you driving your mom's Prius. That's true. That was probably like eight or nine years ago. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, and one thing I think I like about this film, too, is that it just balances, um, like, it's very stylish film, but it's also very gritty and very physical, and I feel like that's something that Franco Nero brings. Um, again, going back to that same image of him running in slow-mo, uh, him being dragged through the mud and stuff like that, so I think it does a good job of, like, not being too breezy. It gets down and dirty into this kind of like a uh, pretty grimy story uh, with all these like characters, most of which are, I mean, all of which, maybe with the exception of Barbara, are not good people. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing I like about this, and sort of after that montage, he tries to, uh, he, he starts to like explore... Uh, Basically, he tries to catch these criminals, um, but one thing it does is he's pretty bad at it, especially at first. Like, he struggles a lot. People catch him while he's following them. I like how they didn't make it too easy for him, where all of a sudden he's, like, an Avenger superhero by 45 minutes into the film. Like, he is, like, he's, he's just not very good. He's sloppy. Um, he's just very, very determined at it, which is why he ends up succeeding. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Although, I mean, there is sort of a, a night and day period, moment where he goes from getting his the shit beat out at, at, at a bar to coming up with a pretty clever idea of of getting them. Yeah, yeah, but, it's true. I mean, he he's a smart guy, but he struggles at first to to even break in, um, and yeah. I mean, he ends up coming with a pretty intelligent scheme to eventually catch catch these guys, but a lot of it is just through uh, just not giving up. Um, yeah, um, I also thought uh, there are some interesting shots in the middle section, which I think is probably the slowest part of the film. Sort of after we have the introduction of Carlo, um, but before he really catches up to the gang, um, where he. Uh, there's some shots that kind of remind me a little bit of Taxi Driver, where it's just like this oh. dark, crime-infested city. Um, Taxi Driver really dwells on that stuff for a lot longer than this film, but uh, there are some parts of it that reminded me of that. Um, of course, this is made pre-Taxi Driver, but uh, it's, it's interesting to sort of see just this sort of like urban, grimy, nighttime nightmare how bad was crime in Italy, do you think? I think it was quite bad. At least that's the reputation huh. of uh, some of these films. Um, oh, so, sorry. That, I think that was sort of the uh, one of the things that sort of spurred on a lot of these different films. Uh, I think kidnappings in particular were quite bad. I think the year that I heard that it really turned is like in the late 60s, 68, 69. I see. Yeah. 
Um, and, of course, America also famous for having a pretty bad crime wave in the 1970s, I believe, 1970s, 80s. Probably like New York and all those yeah, places. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we get some yeah. great stuff like the broken windows rule and all that fun things. Of course. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on any of that? No, I mean... <laughs> The, it, the, the movie definitely portrays a very uh, uh, a grim view of the world. That's one thing I, I would point out. Uh, and then later when we get into the vigilante discussion, we can go more in depth. But definitely, uh, at least from based on the on the text in the like the text of the movie, it seems like the world is just a, a crime ridden place with zero empathy for right. the righteous. Especially from the systemic, like the cop level, the cop uh, yeah. is a pretty unempathetic guy that seems to speak uninterestedly and apathetically about everything. Um, anyways, we could get into that discussion now, if you like, about just sort of the police and and the vigilante discussion. I think it's interesting, this film, um, putting it sort of in the context of Castellari's career, uh, he... I think he's really well, more well known as an action director and stylist than he is a director of like great issues and substance. And so one thing I like about this film is that it actually does have some more interesting societal issues that we can talk about. And, uh, and I appreciate, uh, him sort of bringing those up. I don't know if we'll see exactly eye to eye with him on, on some of these, uh, on vigil- vigilanteism and stuff like that. I think he's probably slightly more sympathetic towards it, uh, judging by the film. But, you know, uh, it's it's cool to sort of, like, talk about uh, police, uh, uh, the systems of police here and uh, and uh, vigilantes. Anyways. Yeah, no, I, I mean, so based on the movie alone, and again, like, maybe the director's views are completely different, but based on the movie alone, it... There's, I mean, I would definitely say there's, a, if you will, a conservative or, you know, a very uh, conservative-leaning point of view uh, on, on certain certain areas. So, you know, the, the government is not something you can trust in this movie, right? The police, you cannot trust the police. Uh, not even the police trust the police. Like, when, when, uh, when he calls the cops and then later uh, the bad guys get tipped off and then he tells the cop, hey, you know, they were tipped off, the cops, like, uh, the commissioner is just like, you know, uh, I don't know if any of my people did it, uh, but I mean, also the phones could have been bugged and they li- they could have listened from there. But you know, it really gives you a point, uh, uh, a very grim view of you know the government and the system and the protection that the government provides, which is basically little to none. Right. And then that is tied with, um, with you know how. The whole city is unsafe. Uh, there, there's not a moment. There's no one in the entire city that is safe, and I don't know if that that was a reality of uh, of Italy then. I mean, you're saying that might be, but I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure since I haven't studied. It's hard to say. It just makes me think. Yeah. It, it, exactly. It makes, but it makes me think of you know like uh, speeches by you know uh, by by Trump or other Republicans when they're saying like oh. Chicago is a crime-ridden place, or blah blah blah, and it's just sort of uh, falls in falls in that same category. Right. Like, 
Um, even even the success uh, of the guy, and I mean, we can go later on the plot part, plot point. But after faking his kidnapping, the cops start start arresting prostitutes, you know, low end criminals, to find the the people who quote unquote kidnapped him, and that's a win. When you're like, wait, and the, and the cops are very aggressive on those scenes, and it's just like it, it, it's more of a failure. Right. However, right. in the movie, it's almost portrayed as a win. Yeah. The police are portrayed in this film as totally incompetent. Um, or bought out, actually. They might be corrupt. Yeah, like you you don't know. True. Um, they really don't want to take action until he effectively coerces them to by faking that kidnapping and, and planting evidence, uh, which is quite clever. Um, but uh, the, one, the one point... Um, so we'll, we'll, we will get into some, I think, filmmaking from Italy that probably both is a little bit more left-leaning and a little bit more right-leaning later on. Uh, The right-leaning one in particular kind of shows law and order as sort of like being more toothless due to systemic issues um, and just like Uh not being able to like, like it's more pro torture and stuff like that. Whereas this film, I feel like uh, sort of shows the police as more just like, I don't know. Either, as I said earlier, incompetent, corrupt, or something. Like, yeah, like I mean, they they're, can, they're basically relevant. They can clearly catch the people um, based off of what they did at the end of the film, but it's through their own like lack of trying, almost or apathy or whatever that they uh, that they do not. Well, they, technically, they never. They actually never caught the bad guys. They 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 tried, true, true. but they never caught but, the. But I'm saying more effective as far as like arresting people and uh, going after crimes. Like we see them shut down a gambling house and that sort of things. And at least the film leads us to believe that uh, these efforts are largely effective. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, you you can clearly tell that. There's someone in... I mean, the reason why I mentioned corruption is because you can infer, especially on, on the gambling part, on, on the gambling site, that they, kept, they keep on being tipped off before the cops arrive, right? And that shows that, you know, someone in the inside is telling them. Because when, when, once the cop basically takes this serious... Or they, and in fact, even one cop says, like, okay, we need to show that we're taking this serious. As in... Basically showing, like, they don't care, but maybe they're even bought off. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, when they quote-unquote show is, is when they go to the gambling site bef- without any tips. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I guess that gambling site in particular is probably the biggest evidence that the cops are, like, sort of on the take uh, from these criminals. And once they mm-hmm. uh, decide that they actually legitimately want to crack down on it they are able to do so right and i mean uh, and again it might not be the commissioner or whatever what, what was it the commissario commissario yeah the, the commissario yeah. it, might not, it might not be the commissario yeah it might be you know someone above like one, one thing about the movie that, like especially at the end when you know uh carlos is uh coerced to sign the police story the commissario tells him, "No, this is. I'm not making you do this. This is coming from above." Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, what do you think of the portrayal of the one uh, uh, cop in this film, played by I believe Renzo Palmer, who is in a bunch of Italian films around this era? Was that the commissario? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, pretty good. I mean, you know, very no. I mean, he, he, I mean, he played your classic. I don't give a shit, cop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> he's very lacking in empathy. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good portrayal of like a, a civil servant that just doesn't give a crap. Yeah, <laughs> he's got his pension, or he's I mean, got two more years to his pension. Yeah, it's like he's just your classic bureaucrat. Yeah. Um, what about the portrayal of sort of uh, vigilantism? Like, do you think the film was too favorable towards it, too unfavorable? What do you think? I mean, I view this movie as uh, with a favorable, favorable uh, look on vigilantism, and I mean, on on all. Um, sure, you're right when when you were mentioning before how it shows the negative side of it. You know, the guy gets. Almost, like tortured basically in some scenes, right? And at the end of the day, he doesn't get any credit for anything he did. However, you know, if he just ended ended there, you could say, all right, maybe not pro-vigilantism. However, that's not where it ends. It ends with him walking out. Right. With another rich asshole complaining about getting mugged and saying, you know what, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to catch those assholes and kill them. And then ends with a happy song, the dude smiling, and credits. Yeah. As in saying, did you... And, and I mean, that, that, that ending, to me, shows how, uh, the approval. It, it may be tacit, but the approval, nonetheless, of the movie on vigilantism. Right. I don't... Yeah. I, for me, I, I think I somewhat agree with that. Um, I don't think vigilantism is glorified way, way too much, maybe a little bit too much for me. If, if it were mm-hmm. up to me, what I would have done with the ending is one thing, this, so this also rubbed me the wrong way, the sense that only the, the only people that actually die at the end are criminals, um, including his friend, even though I think his friend is probably a better person than Carlo is. Um, yeah. Uh, so if it were me, I would have had more actual cost to Carlo. Uh, I don't know, like, like messed him up somehow. I don't know if I would have killed him, but I would have considered killing him, and I would have considered uh, really, I don't know, messing with yeah, his maybe, limbs uh, or something. I'm not really sure, but I think there should have been more of a cost to someone that was not just like a criminal. Um, just. I mean, I mean, he should have ended as a. At least paraplegic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, or 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 yeah. or send him to jail. I mean, that works too. Well, yeah, but I mean that 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 uh, defeats the purpose of the, the uh, of the plot of the movie. Which I mean, going back to the corrupt police, right? The cops could have arrested him. They could have put him in jail, but they decided not to because instead they would be like, "Oh, we found him, the kidnapped victim. We had a shootout with the bad guys, and they all died thanks to us." Yeah, the cops. Uh, so I, I, I don't think it would have worked out uh, with him going to jail. But maybe, I mean, the, the amount of times he got run over, and he fell, he should have ended. Yeah, at least being paraplegic. Maybe they should have just showed him finish the film with him in a wheelchair. It's like exactly. it's like the end of The Irishman. He's sitting in a closed room, and the camera just sort of slowly zooms away, and he's alone and sad. Right, <laughs> and, and I mean, yeah, that, actually, that would be, that would be a very good ending. Uh, the the girlfriend leaves him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just alone. That, that's a good one too, because Barbara should have left him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Uh, what about the cops? What do you think of uh, just how do you think? I mean, we're in an age here, especially in America, where there's a lot of scrutiny on policing and, and that sort of thing. So I, can't, I couldn't tell, actually, if this movie is pertinent to watch because of that or less pertinent to watch because of maybe some of the politics that we don't necessarily agree with. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, OK, here's my question to you. Yeah. How in-depth do you want to get into this discussion? Let's not go too deep, but we could go a little bit. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, okay. So, speaking about the, the, the movie, like strictly about, about the movie, I, I think, I mean, the movie didn't have a, I don't know, I don't think the movie had a position in favor or against policing or more cops or less cops. No, I agree. The movie had a, uh, the, the position in the movie was more about that the, the police there are inadequate. They're not doing the job that they're st- supposed to be doing. And that job is to protect citizens from violent crime. Right. And, and that, um, that, echo, that resonates today, still, I feel like. Well, that's the part where I'm not 100% sure, right? Yeah. Like, uh, because, I mean, I think, I think that the discussion today about the police is more about... Well, it depends on which, which, who you're listening from, right? Uh, from the liberal side, not the extreme ones, but the, 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 less, the less radical ones, is more about we should have less cops and the money on, those cop, on, on, the, on the pay for those police officers should be going to social workers and other people to deal with all the issues that, are not, that don't require a person with a gun. Now that's not at all. That wouldn't be at all visible in this movie because this movie, the world is the only issues are issues where you need yes. someone with a gun. You to need resolve. a gun for all of these issues, which uh, which falls more into the point. And it's interesting how you brought New York, uh, or not New York, but the United States in the seventies and the broken window rules regulations. Uh, in the sense that back then, the sol- every, everyone's solution was more cops. Like, that was like, mm. oh, you know, mm-hmm. hey, we, we, we're having some violent crimes going on. Oh, I know how to solve it. Let's have five cops per block. And I mean, like, if you go to New York City today, that's what, that's what you have. You have five cops per block. Mm-hmm. And how has that worked? Well, depends on your perspective. But, I mean, the current de- liberal depends thought on your perspective is I, negative. Right. But at the same time, now you have a lot more uh, minorities in prison for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant by negative. It's, it's not. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I right, was, yeah. I was, so I mean, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, in in one sense, I would say this movie is very off its time. Yeah. It it doesn't glorify cops, but it doesn't attack them as an institution. It attacks these particular cops for being lazy. Mm. Right. Although I think if you read into some of like maybe the second or third level conversations that are occurring, like there are some arguments going around that, you know, police maybe don't actually try hard enough to solve actual crimes. So there's sort of an argument you could come to in modern day that uh, certain communities are both over policed and under policed. Anyways, I think that's going way too deep into the weeds for a conversation on 1974 Italian film Street Law. But, you know, it, it <laughs> made me think a it. little bit about it, uh, uh, just like the current conversations we're having. No, 
It's no, it's funny you mentioned it because I actually was thinking about that too. In because you know it starts with all the violence in the city, and then you have the uh, the cop chase scene, and I'm like, and actually my first thought was, well, I mean, in a situation like that where your city has so much crime, yeah, I would say more police is good, more and better police is probably a good thing, unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, but then again, we don't know if that was the reality then in Italy. <laughs> if we if we trust this films, uh, we we would be led to believe so. Um, okay, let's change gears completely. Um, soundtrack, a bit different sounding. Uh, this one's done by the DeAngelis brothers, who were very prolific in Italy in the seventies, uh, and I think they're still active actually. But um, a pretty different sort of sounding soundtrack than uh, the other couple films we've done. What did you think of it? Uh Overall, I actually liked it. I, I liked the music that they they picked. Uh, lots of rock, uh, right. you know, seventies rock and roll, um, and that was pretty fun. Again, in that in that person car chasing, there were moments that the 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 soundtrack was you know off putting. Yeah, yeah. It's a but overall little, pretty good. little too breezy for that moment uh, in particular, yeah. but. It's a pretty hoppin' soundtrack. I, I, it's it's catchy. I like it. Super seventies sounding. Um, I I don't know seventies bands quite well enough to compare it to anything, but uh, uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah, it's a pretty good. Pretty. I mean, so far uh, when it comes to music, these Italian movies are have been pretty solid. Yeah, a hundred percent, and that that is true to my experience as well. Uh, would you watch more films from this director after seeing this one? Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, yeah, I would be open. I, I think, you know, beyond the politics, I think this movie was pretty good, pretty enjoyable. I had a good time watching it. Yeah. Um, and for those interested, I don't. I think this is probably the last one we will be bringing on, at least for the time being, on to film to film. But if you are interested in watching more... Uh, you can watch uh, the big racket from similar sites, which is sort of like, sort of like this film crossed with Dirty Harry and Dirty Dozen. So a lot of Perfect. a lot of dirties in that one, uh, and <laughs> a little bit more fascism in that one as well. So uh, fun, fun. Yeah, time this movie is a little. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, this movie is a little bit fascist. <laughs> uh, just you wait, just you wait. We'll be getting into some more great uh, fascist material later on. Um, although, although they, they talk against fascism, so we, we should... Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I thought that was one of the interesting parts where they have Carlo um, quote his dad, who sounds like he was like uh, an Italian uh, rebel, basically, against the uh, Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting conversation, because, like, it, it was interesting. It, it almost seemed like a little bit out of place. Because you know he he was essentially comparing the Nazis or Mussolini, uh, Mussolini's fascists with uh, getting robbed. the police incompetence, the police incompetence <laughs> in modern, in their democratic Italy and the robbers. So not the same thing at all, but uh, it almost seemed like a, a false equivalent. Do you think if Carlo Antonelli was on Twitter, he'd be one of those people that's just calling everyone fascist? 
Or no, I think he would be the false equivalence guy. Like, you know, whenever you point out like, oh no, uh, this politician, uh, this uh, right-wing politician did whatever, he would be like, oh yeah? Well, you didn't say anything when Hitler killed a bunch of people. And it's like, well, I wasn't alive. (laughs) Why'd you have to bring Hitler into this? Exactly. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But because it's not like he was calling them fascists. He was just like, oh, yeah. But I mean, it would be like, I don't know. It just almost made me feel like, actually, yeah, it makes me think of uh, the people who point out like, oh, oh, yeah, well, you don't like conservative. Well, uh, the Nazi party was the uh, National Socialist Party. And Bernie is a socialist. So he's a Nazi. (laughs) Hey, newsflash. Abraham Lincoln was a Republican and the Democrats were pro-slavery. Yeah, that kind of person. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Um, Yeah. And here's the direct... Very woke. Very woke. (laughs) Here's the direct quote from Carlo from the movie. Uh, remember, if you want to be free, you must learn to resist. And when the law is unjust, it's not only your right, but your duty to rebel. Uh, unusually yeah. eloquent words for a film called Street Law. Um, but, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I do agree it felt a little out of place. But, like, this is the type of guy that's, like, very self-righteous. And I felt like it lined up totally with that sort of character of Carlo. It, it did, actually. I mean, in fact, again, he was comparing himself to a rebel who was rebelling against a totalitarian state. Yeah. He compared himself to that while he's, all he's doing is trying to hunt down some bank robbers. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't even, they didn't even kill him. I mean, they're bad people, for sure. But, like... Uh... As far as I know, the very first kill in the movie was caused by him. He was the first person to kill someone in the entire movie. Well, besides the uh, the opening sequence where yeah, yeah, you know you have the shot. random. Wait, who was who was the actual first kill? Is it's at the very end, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, at the very end during the shootout. It's the is the guy who before was right uh, was driving the uh, Mustang. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, he was a sadistic asshole. However. In that entire movie, none of the characters we knew of that had speaking roles were killed until Carlos kills that guy. True. And he falls into the fish tank, right? Or some sort of water thing. Uh, Yeah, good point, actually. That's really interesting that uh, the film felt a lot more uh, just sort of visceral and violent um, for having its first kill almost at the very end of the film. Ignoring the opening. Right, uh, where it's unclear if people died or, or just got... Oh, no, no, Pe- people definitely got Oh, oh the opening opening. Yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah, yeah. People, people were dead. I mean, there are a couple bodies on top of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about the ending. What do you think of the ending? Um, this sort of uh, the action sequence where they go and run off into this big warehouse. I was a pretty intense... Uh... A pretty intense shootout in general. Uh, I think it, it almost feel like a theme in these Italian movies. Uh, it, it again reminded me of uh, just like the, the last movie we saw. It reminded me a little bit of of western, of spaghetti westerns to be precise. Of you know like uh, 
having everyone just sort of standing off and shooting at each other, you know, one way or another, lots of suspense. Um, but no, I mean, it, it was exciting. I mean, you feel really bad for Tommy. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should talk about Tommy at some point too. But yeah, I, I agree. I think the shootout for me is probably my third favorite. I, I like the part where he's getting run down by a car in the middle. And the and just the opening, I think, is my favorite action of, of the film. So the shootout in comparison, I think, is just a notch or two down. I do enjoy it, though. Uh, it's a cool setting just to see all the lights come on. And uh, like it, it's pretty brutal the way that all the different characters die. Uh, yeah, it's nice how well lit it is too. Yeah, it's very well lit. Very good to shoot a movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Tommy. Uh, so Tommy is a a light a robber light. He's like a, he's like a Coke Zero compared to the Coke of the the robbers. Uh, so he's a he's a criminal, um, but he's of the lighter nature. We we learn that he's never murdered anyone or involved been involved in for murder. Um, he's not interested in that, um, but, uh, Carlo ends up blackmailing him into helping him locate the criminals. Um, yeah. And I thought it was kind of interesting how about halfway through their relationship, it almost becomes sort of like a buddy cop movie. Uh, although neither one is a cop where they're sort of like partners in crime. And he almost sort of replaces Barbara as sort of the, uh, moral center in the sense that he's very happy when there are no one there's no one dead, but Carlo, it seems like he's ready to beat one of those guys already to death. See, I, I, I agree with you. Although I must say, Barbara, I don't think she was ever a moral center for him. I mean, she was the moral, the most moral character in the movie, but he never cared what she said. True. She was not his conscience. Yeah. That, that was Tommy, 100%. Yeah. Barbara, pretty thank thankless role. I don't know if we need to say much about Barbara. It's not a great role, just period. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but did you have any thoughts about Tommy? I thought I thought the actor I, did, I did a pretty good job. I, I thought so too. I thought so too. I mean, I don't know about the voice actor, but uh, at least uh, face wise, the acting was really good. Um, I mean, I would say he's pro- he was probably the most sympathetic character in the movie. Uh, I mean, I would, pre- I would definitely have preferred Carlos dying instead of Tommy. Yeah, I think it would have been better. In, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we both agree that Carlo, I mean, like, at least give him, like, a really bad limp. Like, make him limp. Like, yeah. And, and just look <laughs> kind of grim. It's like a, just a little bit too happy there for Carlo. I think if they just made him limp, I would have been okay with it. But it's just, like, slightly too pro-vigilante in that sense. Right. I mean, Tommy, Tommy, I would say, is, like, the one character that this filmmaker basically said, like, all right, all right, I will put a little bit of, you know, some sympathetic role to the criminals by having Tommy saying, like, how am I supposed to make money without crime? Like, no one's going to hire me since I was arrested when I was 13. Yeah. You know, things like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's yeah. like, but maybe the only discussion where you're like, okay, maybe this care, some criminals are not horrible people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked how they added that little bit of character into it too. And it, it does make yeah. it a little bit more complex and not totally down like the, 
criminals are terrible people, and although a lot of the criminals in this film just are. Right, right. I was going to say, though, uh, is it me or Tom, was Tommy in college, or was that his uh, co... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that is kind of weird. I think, I guess the assumption must be that he's, I mean, like, it just doesn't line up with the rest of his story if all of a sudden Tommy, who's in, like, reform school, is in college. It just, just didn't seem like he had any plan to do that sort of thing. He wanted to open his own shop. Right, or, or maybe it was just the other guy, the guy who rides a motorcycle. I think so. The other, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it, it kind of shows you that they're, they're both really young. I mean, these are, you know, people maybe, maybe... In their early twenties, at maybe the maybe not even twenty too. Who knows? Yeah, it could be teenagers. I mean, not the actor, obviously. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I I thought Tommy was good. It's a really it's a pretty intimate movie overall. There's like just not a lot of different characters to it. A lot of is I don't know if there's any shots without Carlo in there um, or. So it's very much from his perspective. Um, and then other than that, Tommy is really the only other person that gets significant uh, play. Barbara seems like she's going to be a more 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 major character, but she really isn't. Right. I mean, you're forgetting the, uh, the true pr protagonist in this movie, the true hero in this movie. That's uh, Carlo, co-worker at the lab. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, let's get into Carlo for a little bit i mean he just like straight up skips out on his job like yeah like he's just like i'm gonna be gone for a while uh can you cover for me is uh, is it me or maybe he's the owner of the lab i think he might be co-owners with the other guy but i mean like oh. talk about an owner who's gonna be hated by his employees yeah i mean i wouldn't want to be working for him <laughs> yeah He's also, I think, an engineer. <laughs> hey, aren't you an engineer, James? I am. I'm just, it's an interesting choice of professions. You don't see a lot of engineers in films. That's true. Although, I mean, if someone is going to go crazy because, you know, someone took his money, I think it would be an engineer. Okay. Do you think, like, the 2020 American version of this has, like, a Facebook employee working for Zuckerberg? Yeah. Or, like... Or, 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 or yeah, or Zuckerberg himself. <laughs> uh, what would we call it? Street book. <laughs> <laughs> social law. A nice social law. <laughs> That's good. Uh, we can have our friend Zuckerberg is like, "Hey, you took my money. <laughs> I know I got a bunch of billions, but you took my five hundred dollars I was depositing today." <laughs> Yeah, uh, we can have our friend Jeffrey play his, uh, Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways, um, yeah, uh, so Carlo, kind of a jerk, self-righteous, I guess we've talked about him a bunch. Um, any, uh, anything else you want to bring up? Anything that you thought has been, uh, has aged well or not aged well? I don't. I don't think this movie. I mean, going back to it, like very enjoyable movie, very problematic, <laughs> but very enjoyable. And I mean, like, you know, we can distinguish those two things. Uh, beyond that, I think we we should 
jump right into the uh, the car man chase. The, the 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 chase scene where the car is chasing him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Um. So. Yeah, he ends up uh, escaping out of, with Tommy's help out of uh, the sort of like hut thing. Finds a secret way, but he's like so injured he ends up like making a bunch of noise. And then the the guy that's basically watching over him uh, sees that and he chases him down with the car. And he fails to outrun this Mustang. And uh, there's a lot of shots of just like the Mustang in slow mo with the soundtrack sort of beaten down, uh, just like. S- basically like swiping him and he eventually ends up on top of the car and then the car just sort of drives him off of a cliff yeah like a pretty gentle cliff um yeah so anyways go ahead well so that that was one one part where the editing was weird so the scene itself is pretty impressive the the car stunts are pretty impressive too because the, as you said the car the car literally swipes him using the back of the car, not the front, to to hit him and knock him out. And the guy, like, flies. He definitely does, you know, air somersaults as he's getting hit. So all of that, very impressive, very fun. But for each hit, you got slow-mo. Yeah. For each hit, this music changes. There is a slight change of music to something that is almost, like, not fitting at all. <laughs> and... And that took me out a little bit of the movie, but still a very fun scene. Yeah. Very impressive. So what would you do? Would you, um, like, get rid of a couple, like, cut the amount of car hits in half or something like that? Not doing them on slow-mo. Maybe still keep the same car hits, but just not use the slow-mo. Gotcha. Or maybe use it once to, you know, demonstrate the beautiful somersault that he's doing as he's getting hit. That's, That's some great stunt work, really, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was gonna say though, this guy can run. A great runner, one hundred percent. He outruns the Mustang. <laughs> well, he doesn't actually outrun it, but he he looks great running. I will say, especially because he was limping earlier. Oh yeah, <laughs> do you think he was faking it? <laughs> uh, you're right. Yeah, he was like unable to walk, and then all of a sudden he's like basically like a. Uh, a uh, a college sprinter just book in it. Good point. Good point. <laughs> reasonable point. Very reasonable point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, highly flawed scene. You're pointing out some great nitpicks to it. I don't even know if those are nitpicks. Some good flaws to it, but it's. Uh, I would not take it away from the movie. Still, probably no, not at all. Uh, one of the more fun scenes, and also like I'm, I, the part where he smashes the car into. Pretty brutal. Uh-huh. It's well shot. Yeah, too. no. Definitely. Um, I mean, that's what when I thought we had the first kill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you almost think it is. And I had actually forgotten. I was like, oh, wait, did he die? Because uh, this is my second viewing of the film. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he uh, it looks like he gets a direct face smash with the shovel. Yeah. What's interesting about that scene... Well, so one, one another nitpick since I was I, I just had thrown one is the jump from that scene to the next one, where it ends basically with you assuming oh no he killed him, even Tommy's like 
oh my God, you killed somebody. And, and it was my fault because I helped you. And then right, right next scene, he's like, hey, I just talked to the ward. No one is there. <laughs> you didn't kill anyone. <laughs> and Tommy is thrilled and, and Carlo really doesn't care. No, yeah. no. Um, well, neither of these men have medical degrees, clearly, or know how to check a pulse. That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forget because he checks the other guy's pulse and he's like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it that surprising that this maybe 19 or 20 year old isn't good at checking someone's pulse? Fair. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else uh, you want to talk about about that scene? Uh, I mean, beyond the the amazing stunt work on car driving, like car stunt as well. No, I mean it. It it just makes you wonder, like, how no one got hurt, right? Knowing that this was shot in the seventies and probably with not the best protection. Well, do we know that no one got hurt? Uh, that was your question on the... Yes, uh, yeah, you threw that question back at me last time, too. I, I don't think we know that no one got hurt. Uh, <laughs> you'd have to interview someone still involved in the film to see. <laughs> but, yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me if... Like, I, I, I doubt anyone died. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple lingering chronic injuries from this film. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Are, are all the actors in this movie dead? Uh, the lead is still alive, and the director is still alive. Oh, shit. Everyone else died. Uh, I don't know. Actually, uh, Barbara, I think, is still alive. She's a, she's a Bond girl in some other films, but really underused. She's a, yeah, she's an American actor, right? Yeah, American actor, right. Uh, let's see. What about Tommy? Oh, no, he died young. 2001. Oh, crap. Well, yeah. life of crime. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, if do you have any more thoughts, or shall we wrap it up? No, no more thoughts on my side. How about you? Uh, no, nothing else. I'd just say um, I think this is one of the more interesting, uh, fun Polizio Teskis to check out. So I personally definitely recommend this, um, as well as the Fernando De Leo films we watched earlier. Um, would you say, sorry for interrupting, but would you say that Poliziotesky is a terrible misnomer? Why? Because there's no police? Yeah, like in all those movies, there's literally, like, the, the cops are almost irrelevant. Uh, I'd say that's fair. Uh, I don't know. I just I just call call it what they tell me to call it. Uh, so Right now, I get it. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Um, let me think. The, the next three films we're watching, no... No cops. Yeah. Okay. There's one that's cop centric. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I choose the ones that aren't very cop centric. Because for this film, uh, I was trying to choose one of the three films, uh, three the three Polizioteskis I like the best from this director. The other two are both cop centered. So it, oh, it's this, this one is uh, the one that's like more about vigilantes and stuff. And I just thought it was more interesting. Like, his other film yeah. is a bit more like French Connection and, and that style of cop. So, Gotcha. So, there are definitely some that have police in it, but I probably have a preference for no police or something. Yeah, the, the police is messy. 
Yeah. They bring these uncomfortable conversations. Right. I mean, that are happening today. Right. A lot of the police ones uh, in this genre, including High Crime, which is this French Connection like one, um, have a lot of very um, dirty, hairy style cops. So, uh, pretty relevant uh, and maybe not the most. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird watch right now. We'll put it that way. I mean, you would say that it's it's a product of their times, uh, right? Right. Uh, and I do have one. The one cop film we will watch does have a dirty Harry style cop in it. Um, so we will we'll we'll get to that at some point. But yeah, that's sort of um, maybe a little more kinder to fascism stuff hasn't aged well for. The particular time that we live in yeah yeah probably makes sense <laughs> yeah but um it sounds like we both recommend this movie so definitely go check yeah. it out uh on one of those uh streaming sites that has yet to sponsor us uh and uh we will uh be back in a, another couple of weeks with the chilean film correct correct uh next movie just to keep up with the theme of uh revenge we're going to watch uh, To Kill a Man. Uh, you can actually find that in uh, Canopy, which through your library. We are very so pro again, library. Exactly. <laughs> kids, kids, you know, join your local library, read a book once in a while, and watch the movies that they, they offer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's actually a really pretty amazing selection of films on there, so 100%. Uh, All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, We'll see you next time. See you next time.